0: And uh, we're gonna go through through a few things really fast, and then we're gonna worship again, and there's gonna be power in it. Some of y'all struggling with some stuff, you've been beat up by some stuff, and you don't realize the power in your mouth. Yes. The power of praise in your mouth. And if I was to title this morning, it's with my words I will praise. Yes. Yeah. With my words, I will praise. Now, this last week, I believe it was last Monday, if you're reading through our Bible reading plan, we were in the book of James. I uh, had the opportunity to lead that Devo that morning, and it's James chapter 3. When James is talking, he's talking in chapter 3 about our words and how, you know, when you want to steer a big animal like a horse, they put a bridle in its mouth, and that that horse goes wherever the the rider with the bridle, with the reins, leads the horse. Then it gets to this verse in, th- in verse number three. It says, Take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Now, over the th- last few weeks, we've been talking about worship, we've been talking about praise we've been talking about how powerful it is. A lot of times, though, in the middle of a storm and in the middle of wind, we don't really feel like praising. You know, I don't mind the snow, I like snow. When you have a jacket on and you're out, you know, gonna go skiing or whatever, build a snowman. I mean, snow's awesome. I like rain, rain is great. I love the sunshine, sunshine's great. One thing I don't like is wind. Wind is annoying, right? You go outside to try to eat in the wind and your napkin blows away, right? You go out trying to look cute in the wind and your hair is a total disaster, right? You look, I mean, it, the wind sometimes is annoying. It's dusty, it's dirty, you don't look good all the time. I mean, it, it, it's, the wind is just not always fun. And a lot of times in the middle of windy, stormy, Situations we don't always feel like we want to praise. But what James is saying here, even in the middle of a stormy situation, your words, that small little rudder on the inside of you can direct your life out of that storm. But you know what wants to happen sometimes? When we're in the middle of a storm, it's easy just to want to talk about the wind and how frustrating it is. How irritating it is and how it's in your sand in my eyes. I hate the wind. I hate the wind. I hate the wind. And when we speak hating the wind, our rudder is stuck in a cycle in the middle of the storm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I want to remind us this morning, just like James said, we are the pilot of our own ship. I want you to say this with me. Say I. Come on, everybody. I. I am the pilot of my own ship. ship. See, we like to blame it on our ex-wife or our ex-husband. We like to blame it on our current financial situation. We like to blame it on what we don't see happening in the world right now. We would like to blame it on other things. But at this point in time in our life, we are the pilot of our own ship. James says the small little rudder can get you out of whatever it is. You need to get out of and can get you into whatever it is you need to go into that's why praise thanksgiving and worship is so powerful it heads us in the god direction the bible says in psalms chapter 22 it says you are holy god you who are seated among the praises of israel other translation says god inhabits or lives in dwells in our praise so when we worship corporately when we at home are worshiping in the shower driving down the road maybe wherever it is that you open your mouth and worship when we worship the Bible says God actually shows up and lives in that God shows up and he lives in that in our praise David knew this in Psalms 42. He says, why am I so sad? Why am I so troubled? I'm going to put my hope in God. And once again, I'm going to praise him. He knew how to get God big again in his life by praising him. Over the last few weeks, we've seen how how praise has opened prison doors, right? I think Andrew talked about. Paul and Silas, when they were locked up in prison and they were beaten and bruised, looked impossible for them to get out of that. But they opened their mouth and they praised. And God showed up in a mighty, mighty way. You know, I was reading in the book of Jonah. The Bible says Jonah was a disobedient man. God had told him to do one thing and he says, I don't want to do that. And so he goes the opposite way. And if you know the story of Jonah and the whale... You know that his disobedience landed him in the ocean, swallowed by a big fish. He's in the middle. Imagine yourself swallowed by a big fish. I mean, some of y'all are like, how could that really happen? Well, the Bible's true. So he's sitting there smiling. He's, he's in, in, the, in the fish. And the Bible talks about him crying out to God and praying. Talked about him repenting for, you know, not going the way God told him to go. But then in verse number nine, he says, but I... With shouts of grateful praise, I will sacrifice to you what I have vowed all my good. This is what I'm going to open my, my mouth and say. I'm going to say, salvation comes from the Lord. At that point, it says in Jonah uh, chapter 2, verse number 10, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. When? After he opened his mouth. Why? Because powerful things. God shows up when we praise. What happens when you complain and don't praise when you're in the middle of a fish? You stay in the middle of the fish. What happens when you complain and don't direct your rudder in the middle of a storm? We stay in the storm. We stay in the middle of the storm. When Jonah connected his mouth, his words to praise, it changed everything. Now I wanna show you why this is important. I'm gonna skip this page. And this bit, no. Listen, when uh, when the children of Israel were getting up to the promised land, the Bible says they got up to the promised land, going to go into this wonderful place that God planned for them. It was God's will for them to step into this wonderful place He prepared. But the Bible says that their their grumbling and complaining altered that course. God planned for them to step into the promised land, but their grumbling and complaining altered the course can I remind you this morning God has promises and blessings and favor and good things for you the only thing that can alter the course is right here that's what alters the course that's why when Joshua when all those people died in the wilderness it was Joshua's turn to lead they were getting ready to take over Jericho and he says y'all need to just shut up until I tell you to shout He says, we're going to march around the walls one time a day for six days, and I want you to keep your mouth closed. Y'all know you go on a walk barely, and someone's going to complain, right? You know, you barely get out the door. Kids want to go for a walk. You barely get down the street. My feet hurt. Can you carry me? Right? You go on a bike ride, and you're the parent. You're dragging the bikes back because the kid's complaining by the end. Joshua knew this. God knew this. He's like, y'all shut up. Until it's time to shout. That's somebody's word this morning. you all need to shut up until you're ready to shout. The complaining. It's altering the course. Y'all need to stop that. I need to stop that. Here's the reason. This is a point I want to get to this morning. Is Satan loves when you grumble and complain. It's actually devil worship. The devil loves when you grumble and complain because it's actually devil worship when we grumble and complain when we talk our struggle when we magnify our issue when we dwell and focus on the strife we magnify the enemy and his work in our life and he's always been after our focus and our worship he even tried to get Jesus to worship him right Yeah, after Jesus was tempted, the Bible says after he was uh, fasted for 40 days, he was led by the spirit in the wilderness and the devil showed up and tempted him three different times. The last one was, why don't you bow down and worship me? Why don't you bow down and worship me? Made Jesus mad. He said, get out of here, fool. Right? He took off. The reason why Satan likes our worship or wants our worship is because he used to be important. But I want you to look real quickly what happened. And then we're going to go back into worship. We're going to realize the devil's under our feet. In Ezekiel chapter 28, verse number 14, it was giving a picture of Satan before he was actually Satan and kicked out of heaven. It says, you were anointed as a guardian cherub or an angel. I ordained you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You were walking among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. He says, your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and I made a spectacle of you before kings. In Isaiah chapter Fourteen. It goes on to talk about, to describe it, him even, even further. It says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. That's who Satan's name before he became Satan. His name was Lucifer. He says, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you're cut to the ground, you who weaken the nations. You've said in your heart, this is why he was put, kicked out of heaven. Satan said in his heart, I'm going to ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God and I'll sit on the mountain of the congregation on the farthest side of the north and I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. Satan wanted to be like God. Satan wanted to be God. Satan still wants to be God. Satan started getting jealous that God was getting all this worship and honor and glory and he wanted it for himself. So he said in his heart, I'm going to ascend and I'm going to be like God and I'm going to be above God. I love this part because it says in verse number 15, you're brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Those who see you stare at you. They ponder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made kingdoms tremble? Do you know what this means? There's going to be a day that we actually see Satan and we're going to look at him and go, this is who we've been running from? This is who we allowed to mess with our kids? This is who we allowed to mess with our money? This is what, this? this is who? I thought this guy was big and huge and so powerful. Is this scrawny little thing right here? I was afraid of that pitiful little thing. And he'll be mocked. Revelations chapter 12 says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and the angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough. They lost their place in heaven. That great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Now, this is the cool part right here, because when Jesus shows up, He's like talking to his disciples and he's sending them out to do miraculous things. And they come back and they're so excited. They're like, Jesus, man, we lay hands on the sick and they, they recover. Man, Jesus, we do this and we do that, man, in your name. And, and Jesus, guess what? Even the demons. We even cast out demons in your name and they run from us. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, 8 and 9, he says, listen, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And not just that, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Do you know why Satan is so mad? Not only was he kicked out of heaven, he was put under your feet. And he hates it. He hates it oh, I'm going to be like God. I'm going to be bigger than God. I am this. Man, all these nations, they're going to bow down and they're going to worship me. And God says, oh yeah. He falls to the earth and then he looks at all the believers in Christ Jesus and Jesus looks at them and says, listen, he means nothing. In fact, You just put your foot on him. I have given you authority over him. He has no power but to be under his feet. His goal was to ascend above God and to get all our praise, but he got put under our feet. So you know what he's trying to do now? Wiggle out from underneath your feet. Satan spends his time trying to wiggle out from underneath your feet. When we grumble, when we complain, when we talk about our problems, when we talk about how defeated we are, we're lifting up our foot. I'm gonna say that again. Devil's under your feet. Jesus Christ has given you authority to stand on Satan's head. But when we open our mouth and we start grumbling and complaining, talking about our issues, how nothing's working out for us, we start lifting up our foot. If God inhabits the praises of his people, what environment does our enemy inhabit? The complaints of the people. God inhabits, lives in, dwells in, abides in, functions in, the praises of his people. The enemy function thrives in, operates in, leads in the complaints of people. Grumbling, complaining is devil talk. We worship him or give him value by our complaints and our grumbling. See, this is good news for us today because we can stop that. I don't know about you. I don't want to be worshiping Satan. I don't want to be worshiping the devil. We think, oh, I got to be part of a cult. I got to be a part of a coven. I got to be part of, you know. No, you got to open your mouth and complain. Got to open your mouth and grumble. That's why David says this, and this is what we're going to do. David says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be in my mouth because if we're not praising most likely we're complaining (laughs) I will bless the Lord at all times his praise will continually be in my mouth let's go stand in this place next time you find yourself because I can promise you this Holy Spirit living on the inside of you as a believer in Christ Jesus will make you aware of what you're saying And when you start grumbling or complaining or that temptation is there to do it, I want you to remember that when I grumble and complain, I'm taking my foot off the enemy's neck and I'm giving him access to my current situation. When I grumble and complain, I'm taking my my foot off the enemy's neck and I'm giving him access to my current situation. But when I open my mouth and I praise the Lord, I keep my foot on his neck in Exodus chapter 15 and I'm going to stop with this because we're going to enter back into this song and we're going to open our mouth and we're going to start praising God I don't know what it is you're facing I don't know what it is you're what you're going through but I do know this we all need to be led by the Spirit of God and need God in our everyday life we certainly don't want to give the enemy access in any way I love this because when the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea they got to the other side of it and they turned around and all their enemies had drowned and they opened up their mouth and they started declaring the goodness of God I think in this room we just assume you know how to praise and worship God worshiping God praising God is just opening your mouth and declaring God's faithfulness and goodness it can be one phrase it can be 50 phrases but it's important that we open our mouth and we declare the goodness of God this is an example of what praise is they came through the Red Sea their enemies were destroyed it says Moses and the Israelites sang this song they said I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted then it's just started telling the story and thanking God for the story he said the horse and the driver he hurled in the sea the Lord is my strength and my defense. He became my salvation. He's my God, I'll praise him. My Father's God, I'll exalt him. The Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. The enemy's chariots and army he hurled into the sea. Goes on to say, who among, who among the gods is like you? Who's like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory? It's just a matter of opening your mouth and saying, God, you are good. God, you are faithful. God, you have delivered me. God, you have redeemed me. I used to be broken and now I'm whole. God, you have healed and restored my mind. I used to walk in fear, but now my mind is sound and it's, and it's filled with peace. We all in this room have a story of the good things God has done. I want to challenge you this week. Why don't you go home and write five of those things down? And when you're tempted to grumble and complain, you grab that paper out and say, God, I exalt you because you brought my life out of a pit. God, you brought restoration to my home. God, you're bringing soundness to my mind. God, you're giving me life and a future. The best days are still ahead of me. God, you surround me with favor like a shield. God, you promised to be my healer and my deliverer. God, I thank you for the authority we have in the name of Jesus you can't think of anything else today just say thank you god for you are good god you are good thanks for listening if this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of jesus